Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Welcome to the new episode of the Pilot Season Podcast. This is Pilot Season Podcast, episode number 36, and I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the podcast that talks about just the just the pilot episode of a television show. It could be something old, something new, uh, something that's never seen the light of day, something that failed, and we talk about the pilot episode, and that's it, and then we discuss it we review it we have some fun with it uh one thing we do is we we take turns picking episodes and it's usually something either we've never seen before or haven't seen since we were uh, a child and mostly don't remember it and this was jen's week to pick and what did you pick i picked who's the boss (laughs) who's the boss um Ran from 84 to 92. Eight seasons, 196 episodes. Um, I don't think I realized that it ran into the technically into the 90s. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, I thought it was just strictly like an 80s show. Um, I didn't think it ran for eight seasons. Yeah, I probably would have guessed five. Yeah, four or five. I mean, but... I guess it, uh, I mean, I guess if you really think about it, you know, we just watched the pilot and you can, you can see like how young the child actors are. Oh yeah. And like at, at the end, they of course were noticeably older, you Mm -hmm. know, Angela and Tony pretty much look the same. I think maybe Mm -hmm. Angela gets a better haircut. Yeah. I can't remember. they, they, They both have different haircuts. Yeah. But like the kids are. At least high school. Maybe Samantha even goes to college or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I would say conservatively Samantha or Alyssa Milano was maybe 10 in this episode. In this maybe... Ish, yeah. Yeah, between 8 and 10, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, because Jonathan's probably... 5 or 6. I was going to say 7. I don't know. It's hard to to gauge kids. Especially with him being a total dork. Yes. He's kind of like an old man trapped in a child's body. He was rather creepy. (laughs) That was one that was. We'll get there. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of notes about Jonathan, but I did write he was creepy. (laughs) Um, So, who's the boss? I do have a a brief synopsis of the the series. And this is basically Bruce, uh, you know, pretty much encapsulates the pilot. Tony Maselli, a former professional athlete and widower, becomes the housekeeper for Angela Bauer, an advertising executive. Together they raise their children, Samantha Maselli and Jonathan Bauer, with help from Angela's man-crazy mother, Mona, who we only see for really a few minutes in the beginning of this episode. I I thought we would have seen her more throughout, but maybe they were still trying to figure out her role yeah if she you know the extent 
to which she would be involved or because i believe you know, i i feel like she was in most of the episodes and well i think she lived she lives in like their carriage house yeah. or something yeah so people have those in connecticut <laughs> well yeah so yeah so so tony in the in the very beginning he moves uh himself and his young daughter samantha from from brooklyn <laughs> they they move from brooklyn to uh to connecticut which uh you know is is a uh, really you know night and day cuz it's you know in, in, this was the early 80s and new york was still pretty dirty right and uh pretty i guess crime ridden and it uh you know, it's very obvious that, you know, the very beginning, like he's, he's on the street, they're loading up their, his, uh, serial killer van. Sure. <laughs> and they're, they're moving out of Brooklyn and the, there's garbage everywhere and people are literally like dumping garbage <laughs> in the street. Like there's a guy that drops, drops a box of garbage in the street. <laughs> and, but the funniest thing was, I mean, clearly it was a set, but I'm looking at this set and I'm like. Did they live on Sesame Street? <laughs> oh my God! It looks like Sesame Street. It looked. It looked like it's, it's that. It's like the same. And I know there are homes like this in lots of cities: Boston, Philly, mm. like. But like the row house where you go up, uh, six stairs or something mm. to enter and be on like the first floor. Yeah. It definitely felt like Sesame Street. Yeah. And it, it, it looked like, yeah, dirty, like, just, it looked like dirty Sesame Street. It was just funny. <laughs> so. Dirty Sesame Street. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so Tony and, and Samantha load up the van and they drive to Connecticut. And that is actually pretty much the the opening sequence, like the, with the theme song was literally their drive from Brooklyn to Connecticut. Right. Like there were there were no clips from future episodes or other. So it, it makes me wonder like and I, I I actually I may have read this when I was doing some prep for this episode that they filmed this pilot in 83 but it didn't air until 84 because they weren't really confident of how well it was going to do. So they didn't have any other episodes to pull clips from, like, you know, to, to make the opening, like how there right. would be, you know, various clips from the other episodes in an opening montage during the theme song. It was literally this this beat-up van <laughs> just driving. So, okay, so what's funny is I recognize the opening sequence. I recognize the van driving and... Um, the part where they sort of veer in one direction and like, it's like a aerial shot. Like mm -hmm. I remember that. And they pull up in front of Angela's house, white picket fence. I remember that. So I, I definitely remember that opening and I, I'm wondering how long did they use that particular opening? Because throughout the entire episode, I don't know how many times I thought to myself, that's a scene that's in that's in the opening, or is it the closing? Like scene, like the scene where they like embarrassingly hug, and mm -hmm. then the kids see them, so they like awkwardly yeah, I part. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah, like I that's that. in the opening at yes, some point, I do right? Remember that. So they must have used the, the driving sequence for mm -hmm. a handful of episodes, and then they took maybe from 
clips from different episodes, but they took a lot of clips, I would say, from the, the pilot. pilot. Right. That's what I'm saying. So once they, yeah, they probably had to wait until they actually started filming, you know, once they got picked up and actually started filming more episodes to draw, you know, pull clips right. from. Um, so just to, well, just to um, uh, diverge quickly. So I, as far as my history with this show, like, I don't, I really don't think I ever watched it. I I was aware of it. I I may have seen it here and there, but I've never I never watched Who's the Boss. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with it, and I'm familiar with you know Alyssa Milano. I think that was one of our you know me and my friends. I think that was one of our first like celebrity crushes. You know, as she got older, you know, because we were probably about the same age mm-hmm. as she was growing up. Um, and, you know, I knew, I knew Tony Danza from taxi and, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew about the show and, but I never, I, I really don't think I ever watched who's the boss. I definitely watched it. And I, I don't know if I watched it to the very end, like into 1992, that, that doesn't sound mm-hmm. like what I, I would be watching in 92. But I definitely re- remember, like, Samantha older, like, you know, being, like, in high school. Yeah, I have a and I kinda, Like, I liked her, and, like, you know, she's she's real sarcastic, and, and I just remember... She's very tomboyish. Yeah, mm-hmm. but just kind of has this, like, snarky thing, yeah. I don't know. And I remember I was like that about her Mm -hmm. so i definitely watched probably the majority of this show like even even the pilot maybe it has been 36 years but it's familiar to me like we've watched plenty of shows where you know i I definitely have have said, well, we watched this show, but I probably didn't watch the first season or two or whatever because I was too young, but not this show. I think we watched this in my house from, like, day one. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I, um, like I said, I I, I have vague recollections of it. I do, yeah, for some reason I do have um, memories of her and Jonathan maybe, you know, being a little older, um, I guess it kind of makes sense because when it first aired, I was only, if it was 84, you know, I was only 10 or 11 years old when it first aired. So I, you know, I, I don't know that we watched a lot of sitcoms in, in my house growing up. It was mostly like, you know, I was into the action adventure shows like, you know, A-Team and Dukes of Hazard. And then we'd watch like the nighttime dramas, you know, Dallas and Falcon Crest. But I don't really recall watching a lot of sitcoms. Um, but if we did, Who's the Boss was definitely not one of them. Um, and weirdly, so I, I feel like I remember this being broadcast on ABC, which if in my neighborhood, because we didn't have cable for a long time, uh, ABC, which was Channel 4, which is Channel 4 in, in the Pittsburgh area, was hard to get. So as soon as you said ABC, 
I kind of thought to myself, that sounds right. Because where I grew up in the middle of nowhere outside of Pittsburgh, we had four stations and with an antenna on the roof. And I remember ABC being like the strongest, Mm -hmm. probably because, well, where the station is, Mm -hmm. it literally was probably the closest of all the stations to where, you know, I grew up. And um, I think we leaned probably towards ABC most of the time because, you know, well, I told you before about my brother going up on the roof to adjust <laughs> the antenna, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can avoid that, you, sure. you, you sort of avoid that. So, you know, sometimes our choices were dictated not by what sounded the best, but what could we count on <laughs> actually being able to get through the full episode because the antenna what, yeah you what, know. what could you get so we yeah that that really makes us because so i my majority of my childhood uh, until we we moved to the suburbs was in the city and we could really only get cbs nbc and i mean fox wasn't even a station yet it was a local affiliate uh channel 53 and that is the channel that we probably watched the most as far as sitcoms that was one that was the channel that played all the reruns of you know all the classic sitcoms so that we watched the heck out of but it that was a climb on the roof situation <laughs> for us <laughs> so yeah so certain channels came in great like like i said nbc and cbs came in great and the local stations um abc was a tough one like I said, we if if you could watch some if you know watching something on channel channel four on ABC was a treat. If 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 ABC happened to come in good that day, that was special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm guessing that that might have factored into why I didn't watch Who's the Boss. Um, but again, uh, given what I was watching at that age. I was probably more interested in the more action-oriented shows. Those were the shows that you know you and your friends talked about and played, you know, play pretended or whatever. Right. In the in in the schoolyard, nobody was pretending to be Tony Maselli. <laughs> I was just gonna say you didn't play pretend that you were Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan's yeah, and 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 yeah, and his snake, mm. which I thought the snake was fake at first. He's, oh, it, it moved though, right? Yeah, but I, I still thought, but it it moved weird, weirdly. So in, in the beginning of this of the episode, Jonathan has this, has this small terrarium. Is that what they're called? Like, yeah. He, and he's got a, a snake in there, and apparently, you know, part of Jonathan's character is he's he's the weird kid that likes science and snakes, and he's got this snake in his little terrarium, and it just looked weird, like it. To me, it, I mean, I, I saw that it was moving, but I'm like, well, anybody can make a, like a fake snake move, probably. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't. I don't think I really paid close but I, enough I think attention. It was real. I yeah. I was more. Um, I think at that point, just sort of taking everything in, <laughs> like this house, and I did make a note. It was very um, like kind of a very sti- uh, typical sitcom house. I I made a note somewhere here. There's a lot of stone in this house. Not 
not just on the fireplace <laughs> where you might expect like there the to be stone, walls. but like literally everywhere. They go upstairs, there's mm-hmm. stone. I mean, <laughs> hey, again, it's Connecticut. I was going to say, is this just a whole Connecticut well, thing? And I thought, I didn't really notice that until towards the end of the episode where they spent a lot of time in the kitchen and I'm, and three quarters of the kitchen, the walls are all stone. And I'm thinking, that's got to be freezing in the winter. Like there, there can't be any, you can't insulate a stone wall. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't, I yeah. mean, it's, it looks interesting mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that that's what they were going for is this is what was fancy in 1984. If you were right. fancy, you had some stone. I don't know because of course the, the house it's a nice looking house from the outside. Tony makes a comment when he's leaving Brooklyn to his neighbor who's like, Oh, you shouldn't leave. You'll be back kind of a thing. And he mentions like white picket fences Mm -hmm. and sure enough, they pull up and she literally has a white picket fence and Mm -hmm. all the stone on the inside. And we learn pretty quickly, like she's got a really good job. And, and so, you know, it makes sense that she's got this really nice house, Mm -hmm. but also stone. Okay. Okay. Well, it, it occurred to me, you know, pretty quickly as, you know, Tony is kind of uh, trying to convince Angela that he's the right man for the job. He's trying to be her live-in housekeeper that um, Mona set up but didn't tell Angela. And she made it sound to Tony like it was a done deal. So he shows up and the first few minutes are kind of a kerfuffle of of you know will will she hire him or won't she and is he you know she didn't really want a a man for the job etc cetera, etc cetera. um I, you know but, but when you realize that they're all going to be living in that house that means minimum it's got to be a four bedroom house because they each have their own bedroom yes and it's funny because it doesn't look that big, <laughs> and and granted, it's a, it, it it's a sitcom house. I get it. Um, the one thing that I kept that I I was I started to look for, but then I never got the opportunity because they never went back into the living room. Was I kept thinking, does this house have a dining room? Because we only see the hmm. living room and the kitchen, but I don't know if like part of the living room is like. Is there like more that goes, you know, is there right. another room beyond like, like kind of a, a, I feel like it would be like a, almost like a trick of the eye, like, you know, Hollywood trickery. Um, so the design, and I know what you're saying, there's, mm-hmm. there's like a whole wall that's essentially missing and that's for the camera, mm-hmm. you know, but think Compare what you see to Full House. It's a <laughs> front doors in the same place, mm-hmm. living room, stairs very close, living room set up in similar fashion where there's a couch that would be facing the camera, mm-hmm. essentially. It's a little study or something behind right. it. Yeah, some miscellaneous you, furniture. You don't see any dining room. Right. And you go right into the kitchen. The kitchen. Same with the Golden Girls, if you think about it. Hang on now. (laughs) 
It's the same thing there. Now, it's been a long time since I have watched the Golden Not, Girls. But, yeah, I, I, you I enter know that, on the one side. And, and that it is kind of the same, right? Because there's a living room. And behind it, do they have, like, a lanai or something? Or is it, like, a porch or something? Like, some sort of sunroom. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, right, you go into the, the kitchen. kitchen. I feel like... So, okay, Golden Girls, Full House, Who's the Boss? Was there was there never a Thanksgiving episode where everyone had to sit at the oh my god full house they put it they put a table in the living room <laughs> they do they Which, put a table in the living room well you know and that's not I mean that's not unheard of because if you have a giant group of people sometimes you have to do that sure but every character is now in the living room right. so like but I'm, I'm, no, no one's but at I, the dining I hear what table you're saying yeah like there is one they're not even pretending that there's a dining right. room but you know and then there's there's other shows that the entire that like the entire house is reversed so if you think about um the only one that's coming to mind right now is well like the cosby show everybody loves raymond um mary with children the front door is on the right side and then you come in you walk in there's the living room and you keep going and there's the kitchen and behind the living room is maybe like steps that go upstairs it's interesting how like sitcom houses are set up. Or okay, I feel like we're way off topic here. But are dramas different? Because my mind first went to Mad Men. We see every room. Well, dramas are different because they have Yeah, the, Do they li- do they literally design the home in a drama? Like do they make a point to design it differently than they would a comedy. Well, yeah, because I mean, usually most, you know, most sitcoms, or at least the early early sitcoms, like the ones that we watch in the '80s and '90s, are uh, there's a there's a term for them like um, multi camera, um, right? Multi camera shows, whereas like a drama is, I think, would be considered like a single camera show. Like, okay, so. It's it is different. Thinking about things I never thought about before. That's what we do here. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing that was driving me crazy, uh, getting back to the, the this episode and the it has something to do with the house in the very beginning when Tony shows up and everybody keeps coming in and out of that. I'm like, is someone going to close the front door? Oh, no, no, no. Nobody ever closes <laughs> the front door again. That door stayed open for like. A solid 12 minutes. I will, like, reference Full House. A door's open, like, half the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Swear to God. But, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, and then, uh, you know, Mona is trying to convince Angela to take to hire uh, Tony. And, again, have, going back to my, my limited knowledge of who's the boss, I did not realize that Tony had kind of a depressing backstory. I mean... They don't, they don't play it up because it's a sitcom, but she's telling Angela like, oh, he was a, you know, he used to play professional. Well, she never named the sport. I'm pretty sure it was baseball. I think it's supposed to be baseball. It's supposed to be baseball. She never names the sport, but she says he was a pro athlete. He got hurt. They dropped him. And then his wife died. And I'm like, damn, this is, you know, and then. And then he's just been working odd jobs, and I'm like, wow, he, first of all, did he 
just not make a lot of money playing professional baseball or like he had a terrible agent or, you know, again, not important for the purposes of the show, but again, you know, because we've watched so much TV, it's like, and you just can't help but think of these things like you were a professional athlete, even if you were a professional athlete for literally one year and got hurt your rookie year and your team drops you. Did your manager steal all your money? Yeah. Did, <laughs> did you bury it and forget where you buried it? <laughs> you dummy. I do remember that he was a professional ball player. Gun to my head, I probably would not have been able to guess why he didn't play anymore. I mean, he's still sort of young, especially if we're talking about baseball because I mean, you retire older in baseball. An injury like, makes sense. Injury makes sense. Um, and... Again, gun to my head, I would probably say his wife died because why else is he raising his daughter on his own? Sure, you can get a divorce, well, which is Angela's situation. Yeah, we find out that. But I feel like she just said he left me. Yeah, you know, we don't, we don't find out why in this episode. I feel like um, I, I don't even know that I could explain why I feel this way. It somehow makes sense that Angela's character is written as divorcee, not widower, and. Mm-hmm widow i should say yeah he's a widower and she's that a widow tony is written as a widower not a divorcee somehow that well, just makes the story it right it makes me. yeah well it makes sense for their characters because it makes him more sympathetic and right. kind of like the even more lovable because he's a single father raising a daughter yeah i guess if mona said and, he's divorced that wouldn't have been as yeah, convincing you as just think, come like, on, oh, his whatever. wife died. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you say his wife, I mean that immediately you're like, aww, right. And then her being divorced, and especially in the early '80s when, you know, women in like power, like you know, executive positions was kind of a like kind of a thing. Like it was, it was. Um, Get your shoulder pads. Yeah, your shoulder pad, like. Like the movie Working Girl, yep. like you know, exploded, like you know, and then just... working nine to five. There you Sorry. go. See, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I feel like there was that whole like, like subculture of the professional woman in the eighties. Yeah, like you know, wearing your tennis shoes with your power suit, drinking a diet Pepsi for lunch. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, shoulder pads and yeah, um, so it like. Her being divorced, I feel like just reinforces that for her character that like again, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but like maybe it was like, oh, he you know, she put her career before her husband or he felt threatened because she was this, you know, vice president in this marketing firm or something. And um again, we don't find out any of this in this episode, and I don't know if we ever find out anything about her ex husband if he ever shows up or, I can't remember um, but I, I think that also leads into why Mona is trying to sell Tony hard to Angela because I guess they may uh, they pretty much say that like Jonathan's been to the child psychiatrist and he needs like a strong male role model in his life so she thought he yeah. would, you know Tony would also be good for Jonathan which uh, immediately like he you know tony endears himself to angela by you know walking in and immediately like kind of being able to handle jonathan you know kind of 
talk talking to him like not like an idiot or not like a baby like he's very right i don't think angela is necessarily a bad mother but i think that she parents in a really different way than tony does and yeah i made a note of that too like you know he literally like walks in and works his charm on jonathan with this you know get get your snake put away put mm-hmm. him upstairs you know kind mm-hmm. of a thing and um you know and then mona's like we'll see you know <laughs> see i told you kind of a thing mm-hmm. so yeah i think um even today it would probably like i hate to sound sexist at all but even today i think it there are many more female housekeepers than male housekeepers and Mm -hmm. you know angela's argument of like i can't have a man living in my house in the in the next bedroom and right you know is how would it look right and so part of me is like oh come on angela and then i'm like well it's 1984 and also yeah like well the, the the whole conceit of having a housekeeper live on the premises I feel like we, we, you know, in 1984, we accepted it. We bought it. But now, I feel like that's just something that you have to have a mansion and acres of property in order to justify a live-in housekeeper. Like, most people, like, you can be, you know, like a a well-to-do family and have someone come in and clean your house and do your laundry and whatever watch your kids but they don't generally live with you like what what about angela's life is so hectic that she literally needs a live-in housekeeper he has to take her to the train station hello (laughs) he only has eight minutes to get her to the train station and his and his janky van i know i was when he said that i was just like what exactly is your job description like mm-hmm. have you have you reviewed that? I know you've been there for less than twenty four yeah. hours, and you're How already are you getting paid. <laughs> yeah, like it. Okay, it's a sitcom. Like mm-hmm. let me let me rein sure. it in here. Yeah, we always a have little to pro- bit. yeah qualify but, it. Yeah, and so the other thing that I guess you probably could argue is Tony and Samantha could live in the carriage house, and mm-hmm. Mona could just live in the house. Now, we learn later, I think, Mona has it her way because she has a number of gentlemen callers and such, and I think she likes to be separate from the family. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're, you know, She's it's your property it and you're you're paying, you kind of mm-hmm. maybe would say, hey, mom, like, go get your own apartment mm-hmm. or live in the house because I need the housekeeper to live in the carriage house. Yeah. So, so... Uh... Immediately, the the line between between employer and employee is is completely blurred when Tony almost smashes. Uh, it's uh, technically her boss. His her name boss is Grant. Grant. Yeah. So yeah, that that whole situation was weird. Like um, Angela and Grant, her the, her boss, who is the president, and she's the vice president of this company. They they go back to her house. They're all dressed up. They were at a client dinner. It sounds like, and they were, you know, she was, you know, dazzling the clients or something. And then it uh, very quickly turns romantic. 
but you know but so i guess like bye-bye business morals i mean <laughs> it's just really and then it's 1984 <laughs> yeah and then she is then you find out that she is up for his position because he's going to be made chairman of the board and she he's going to recommend her but she's afraid that like i guess she she wants to sleep with him she wants to like get busy with grant but not to sleep her way to the top but because she legitimately likes him well i feel but like i feel like you, you you can't even if that's the case you can't make you just can't do that well so i don't think that she even really considered what it would look like if she was banging the boss who then promoted her until Tony told her that's not how you want to earn your way. Like you want to, you know, like you want to earn it. You want to make sure yeah. that it's your position that you got it. Not because you slept with the guy, but because you deserve that yeah, position on your, on your own merits. And it was almost like it never occurred to her, you know, right. and he, the boss grant does tell her, that there's another person up for the that's position. Who, that's who the boss is. It's Grant. <laughs> we, we solved it. Who's the boss? Grant. <laughs> <laughs> done. We are done here, folks. Yep, we never have to Thanks watch another episode. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like she's no dummy. And, again, circle back, this is a sitcom, Jen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you would you would definitely realize if you're up for a promotion that your boss is going to potentially give you and he's going to decide who gets it. You can't have everybody knowing that you're a couple and you're or you're sleeping together or whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. You just can't, even in 1984. It does not matter. You know, people did all kinds of things, but like common sense existed back then and mm -hmm. you just maybe wouldn't do that. And she tells him she wants to make sure she's getting it because she deserves it. Like she's not going to go away to his whatever house yeah, somewhere. His, yeah, he's got a house somewhere. Yeah. And I thought we were going to find out that he was married and cheating, or or I thought we were going to find out that like when she put that to him, like I don't want to go away with you until the decision on who's president is made. And I thought after that he was going to be like. Oh, uh, well, then it's not going to be you. I kind of thought that, too. I didn't I really think he... I thought she wasn't going to get it. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be married or anything like that. But I did think that he was going to say, oh, well, we're just going to give it to Jim yeah. Peterson. I was... I, I Maybe it's just like a sitcom trope, but I was just... I was waiting for him to be like a scumbag executive. Yes. Because that's that's what we've been conditioned every... 80s movie and television show that if it's someone who is an executive they're generally like a dick bag yeah but grant pleasantly surprised grant us. is a man of his word <laughs> go grant yeah so silver even, fox uh, a little bit later in the episode you know she angela tells tony um i told him i'm not gonna go away with him I'm not gonna you know, mm -hmm. sleep with him or whatever until after the decision is announced, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, that's great. And then he answers the phone, which this would never happen in this way. But <laughs> um, some sounds like 
maybe a secretary or something from the office calls to give Angela the news, but Angela can't come to the phone. So Tony wants to take a message and gets Rosie. He charms her as Mm -hmm. per usual. Sure. To drop a hint. And the hint is that Angela is going to get the promotion. So this phone call, it's only a minute or Mm -hmm. something. But I literally spent the majority of that time thinking, she's not getting it. She's not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And then I realized she's getting it. But I I already had, like like what you said, like it was already ingrained in my head. That guy's a jerk. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't sleep with him. She's not going to get the promotion. Mm -hmm. But then she got it. Yeah. Go, Angela. (laughs) Well, you know what? Well, uh, let's go back real quick to the scene of Grant and Angela in the kitchen they they came back to to her house to get a, a bite to eat because they they were not satisfied with their fancy meal at the fancy Hang restaurant. $300 dinner. Yeah. At the restaurant. 300 yeah, 300 bills. Um and they start they start making out and uh, you know sh- she drops a plate and it shatters which attracts Tony who busts in with a baseball bat um shirtless just wearing sweatpants i'm like damn tony danza got it going on had a six pack dude had some he had abs for days so the situation is like this hey grant there's the door don't let it hit you on the way out i gotta bang my housekeeper done (laughs) oh wait that's how I would have played it. Sorry, but that's not how Angela played it. No, Angela was mortified. But for realsies, he's in sweatpants and has a six-pack. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever thought Tony Danza was like an attractive, you know, he's not on my list. He's not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. But respect. I, well, I mean, I got to give him that much. He's not like my type I, of guy, but he was re- like really in great shape. I, he was, I mean, yeah, you got to figure he was, he was pretty young pr- at the time. Didn't he, wasn't he like an athlete or something in real life? Am I just making that he, up? He might've been. Um, I got to Google him. <laughs> um, I'm sure that that would make sense that he, maybe he was a boxer or, or no, no, I'm thinking of taxi. I think he was a, but that could be rooted in real life, but I'm pretty sure his character on taxi was an amateur boxer. Hmm. Um, so maybe he does, you know, but again, maybe that was based on, you know, maybe they added that to his character because that was something Tony Danza was really into. I don't know. Um, but, um, I did also read, this is, this can blow you away. Uh, do you remember, I, I, I'm, don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was, came out in the eighties, Superman three with Richard Pryor. I do maybe have a rec- at least a vague recollection of it. Yeah, I okay. do think I saw it like way back then. I don't think I've seen it since. Yeah. Um, so I read that Christopher Reeve, Superman, was uh, very unhappy with the script because he felt that it it was basically uh, less of a really good Superman movie and more of a just kind of a comedic vehicle for Richard Pryor. So he was. Uh, the studio seriously thought for a while that, you know, that he was not going to come back to play Superman. They hired Tony Danza. Essentially, like, he was ready to step into the suit as Superman instead of Christopher Reeve, but then Christopher Reeve came back. 
I, I just can't even imagine him. Okay, I think it would be... That's an interesting choice for Superman, period. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, after Chris, <laughs> Christopher Reeve being Superman for two previous movies, mm -hmm. I mean, just because the man's got dark hair doesn't mean <laughs> that he can just step in. I, I mean, like Tony Danza, he's fine, whatever. He's an okay actor and such. Mm -hmm. But I don't, gosh, I just don't see that working. No, not at all. I feel like Christopher Reeve, like, He's a different kind of handsome. He's got like, like he's square got a, jaw. Exactly. He's like just kind of all taller and, um, you know, Tony Danza obviously was was built, but he's like in in real life. I'm going to guess a good bit shorter than mm -hmm. Christopher Reeve, and like, I just don't. I guess I just don't really see that. And and what I know of Tony Danza is who's the boss and Taxi, although I didn't watch Taxi all the time. I've seen a few episodes here and there. Mm -hmm. And not that you can't play one type of role and then step into a very different role. Mm -hmm. Wow, I just can't wrap my head around that. That's that that's an that's interesting crazy. choice. Who else auditioned for that? <laughs> That's what maybe, I want to know. You know, maybe it was just the studio playing mind games with Christopher Reeve. They're like, look, Chris, we get it. You don't like the script. You know what? We can just hire literally anybody. Hey, call call the call the call the who's the boss guy? What's his name? Yeah, get him. <laughs> we can probably get him for ten bucks and a can of soup. Let's uh let's just put him in the suit and say screw it. Call the guy that plays uh Murdoch on A Team. <laughs> get him in here for a reading. Does that sound good, Chris? What do you think? Mm. What's that? You want to come back? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of, of auditioning, um, I wanted to br I wanted to bring this up because I one note I made is I thought we we really haven't talked too much about the kids, but I thought Alyssa Milano was a surprisingly great child actor in this pilot. And I, I read that over 1,500 children applied for the role of Samantha. Hmm. And the fact that she got it, I think, kind of speaks volumes. I, I do think she's a, a decent child actor. I don't know if she had experience acting before this show. Um, I, you know, I don't know a ton about her. But decent actress and physically like fits what the character is supposed to be mm -hmm. italian descent um you know kind of plays the tomboy she's got the the brooklyn accent mm -hmm. and but cute as a button yeah oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean i don't know i'm sure there were tons of other very talented actresses who had auditioned for that but she just seems to be like she is Samantha. Can you imagine, like somebody else playing Samantha? Christopher Reeve, perhaps. I mean, give him, you know, just call him up <laughs> and, uh, you know, or call that Murdoch guy from Eighteen. Maybe Tony Danza accidentally auditioned for the role of Samantha, and then yeah. they said, you know what, you'd actually be a great Superman. Right. Let's send you next door to Warner Brothers. I I definitely think that's how <laughs> everything transpired. So. Um. One thing about Tony that I it I, I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it until the end of the episode, uh, 
that I mean, so again, 1984 uh, hairstyles were were you know all over the place. He had this kind of like longish feathered hair, um, but I noticed that both he and Grant, the only two adult men in this episode, they both like their hair went over their ears, which kind of freaked me out. Like it wasn't trimmed like back. It wasn't pushed back. Like it went over their ears. Like, and if, if my hair was long enough that it went over my ears or even touch, if my hair even touches my ears now, it freaks me out. Like it, it, it bothers me. Like I, you know, like I, immediately want to get a haircut so like you look at tony danza's hair in this episode and probably several seasons at least yeah i don't think he cuts his hair cut short until probably halfway through the show that was just that's exactly how guys did their hair sort of a part down the middle Mm -hmm. sort of a feathered thing like more volume than i have ever achieved in Mm -hmm. my many years um you know Love you, Steve. But my brother's hair was basically that same hair. <laughs> like, s- seriously, that's how yeah. hair, that's that's how you did your hair. Right. But, and speaking of my brother, I did, I did make a note that Jonathan is dressed the way my mom used to dress my brothers. Oh. And again, I love you guys. But the fact of the matter is... Jonathan's wearing like a plaid shirt. It's buttoned all the way up to the top. Yeah. And he's wearing like khakis and his shirt's tucked in like like tight, you know. Well not wasn't it like a cow, kind of a cowboy shirt? Okay, so you know the picture I have upstairs? Yeah. The one that Wyatt was looking at the other day? Mm-hmm. You need to look at that. Because that's the outfit that my brothers are wearing in that picture. <laughs> okay. And I'm telling you. It's like a western motif. Yeah. 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 That is how they dressed. Mm-hmm. So that spot on, but I was like, oh, I probably had a shirt like that and just don't remember or have photographic evidence like you do. But costume yeah. department like raided my brother's <laughs> wardrobe. Well, at the end, Jonathan was wearing a very sharp sweater vest. And yeah, you know... and so in this again, he is nowhere near my man. Um. Michael J. Fox, but he looked like a mini Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, almost. I guess he was, you know, maybe hair, the, yeah. the, the, uh, it was like an Argyle, like an Argyle sweater yeah. vest. Yeah. And I feel like those were popular in like, yeah, I mean, that was 80s, definitely like, like a more of a, like a, the preppy, a preppy, like suburban yeah. look. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. But that, the like sort of Western y shirt, I was like, damn, we had that. Mm-hmm. We had that shirt. In my house. <laughs> um, the only other note that I, I have is at the, the very end, the, the end credits shows uh, Tony and Samantha out back playing hoops. And the the basketball hoop is is attached to the house, which which is right, like, basically you go out from the kitchen, there's a back door in the kitchen, and I guess right around the corner is the, the small area where they shoot hoops. And it's all windows all around it like <laughs> i anticipate many many broken windows, windows like this is the worst and stone yeah this is like the worst placement for a basketball hoop ever 
I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we don't really get to see what the rest of Angela's yard looks like. I would but hope for a, a four-bedroom house with a carriage house in Connecticut. To I have, think. like, a decent-sized yard. Yeah, I would hope you'd have a good yard. Right, right. I don't know. Maybe... I, I, I did notice that looked like an awkward area to yeah it was very try to small. play any sport like it looked like barely big enough to park an audi in or something like like you couldn't even park a car there very small yeah um but yeah again because this is a you know like one of those multi-camera sitcoms like we don't or a single camera whatever they call it um you know we, we're we're definitely not getting a, a good look at the outside of the house um or how big of a yard Maybe that would be the spinoff. You know, we got Who's the Boss, and then, like, the next show would be Who's the Landscaper. Who's the interior designer? Yeah. A lot of lot of directions we could go mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I was, and I guess I was a little disappointed that we didn't have more Mona. I was just going to say that. I'm, like, looking at my notes. What did I not cover? And I have to say that. Mm-hmm. And... I, I So I made a note that I always loved Mona and I thought she was so funny. And um, I remember her from Benson. I used to watch that show. Mm-hmm. And, or was it Benson? Or no, it was Soap. soap. It was Soap. soap. She My was, bad. She was the matriarch on Soap. Which, and we watched all of those. Um, and I just always liked her. I think I just liked that actress mm-hmm. a lot. But I, I liked, you know... She was funny. Angela was so corny and like downright annoying. And Mm -hmm. she raised this little stiff kid. But like somehow Angela had this really cool mom. Like she was, she's funny and like doesn't really care what people think and just marched to the beat of her own drum kind of a thing, even Mm -hmm. though she's like grandmother. She likes banging dudes. Likes banging dudes in her carriage house. Mm -hmm. But, um, I have to believe, because I have, like, I feel like we see Mona a good bit in the rest of the episodes. Maybe she just wasn't, you know, she was kind of the catalyst, like, let's blame it on Mona. Mona, Mm -hmm. you know, Angela told Mona to do the interviews. Mona got Tony, set it all up because he was hunky and wants her daughter to have a hunky boyfriend Mm -hmm. and wants her grandson to have a male role model. But I, I feel, yeah, I kind of wanted to see more of her. I guess, you know, there, there's only, they, there's only so much you can fit into 25 minutes and they had to establish, I guess they, they felt they had to establish the Tony Angela relationship first. Right. And so it's, Within the first few minutes, she basically says, okay, fine, he can have the job. Mm-hmm. But I do think, yeah, the way they wrote it is because we kind of need to see that they all need each other. Right. I mean, we know that from day one till probably the series finale. But, you know, Jonathan needs a male role model. Angela, if nothing else needs a housekeeper we all need know that she needs a boyfriend and mm-hmm. grant i don't care if he's a president he's kind of a dork um but like there's a scene where tony and and samantha are talking 
And Samantha's like, she's a woman and she's got this big house and she's got da 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 da. Mm. And he's like, you can have that too. So she's a good role model. Right. So she's a good role model for Samantha. And so I think that was kind of like what they were trying to lay down is that every one of them needed every other, all those characters need each other. Yeah. Very, yeah. Interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have one more little piece of trivia regarding Mona. Um, Did you know she was originally intended to be Angela's older sister? And the producers were unable to find an age-appropriate actress that they liked for the part, so they decided to redevelop Mona to be Angela's mother. Hmm. I mean, I could, I guess, you could have your older sister who happens to live in your carriage house. I feel like it makes more sense for the mother. I mean, literally, we have these things called mother-in-law suites, you know, and a property like that, that's like the perfect place, you know, to have your... Seems like it would be easier to write for a grandmother than like... Yeah, I I think it gives you more options because if if it's Angela's older sister, she's still only going to be a couple of years older. It's basically the same character. Yeah. Or the same... So I feel like the grandparent that lives with you and they're kind of, you know, cantankerous or, you know, like they're, they're a grandparent that doesn't act like an old person type of thing. Like that's kind of a thing in sitcoms. Sure. You know, we see that in, well, first of all, like the golden girls, I mean, you got Blanche who she's a, you know, she's a sex maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, you know, a more modern uh, sitcoms you in a um, blackish. You've got mm-hmm. Pops, you know, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Goldbergs, you've got George Siegel also playing Pops, <laughs> who's a you know he's a grandpa who you know is still you know carouses and you know still dates and social. Yeah, very social, very hip. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that's a thing for you know. For a TV show to have that that side character, that you know, that older character, the grandparent who is, you know, the comic relief when you know they're there to yeah. cause trouble. It might not be what they intended, but I think it certainly worked out for the best. Yeah, especially you know, getting an actress of that caliber to the opposite of Angela. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, like you said, like. Angela is very like she's a professional woman. She's very buttoned up. She's very suburban, whereas Mona's kind of just like freewheeling. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, anything else? Um, I guess I could say one other thing, and it's closer to the end of the episode. I somehow forgot Tony's sort of—is it a catchphrase? Oh, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> I don't know. And I, like, I, I, I feel like he kind of says that a lot, but I forgot all about it until he said it. And I was like, there he is. I thought that was funny just because uh, I don't know if that's a, like a, th- a thing he says in the show, but it does. It's I, I felt like that spoke more to his heritage as right. an Italian. Like, oh, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> like, that's how like him saying that. To Angela was gibberish, but like if he was back in Brooklyn, that was probably an entire paragraph <laughs> right. to someone else. Like that was him saying, like, well, 
if that's what well, you think. But the way I see it is. Yeah, that was him like saying something very significant, but to Angela, she just heard like gibberish, like four syllables. <laughs> yes. Um, I just thought that was, yeah, that was that was probably one of the parts I I that got a legit laugh out of me. Um, I wrote down that I did like laugh out loud. Yeah. Once or twice, so. Um. So we usually talk about, or you know, we we each say if this is a show that we would continue to watch. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I probably wouldn't, only because it's it's charming enough, it's cute enough, but it's it's definitely like an '80s sitcom, and it's very corny, and I can't. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's just, it's too, it's too corny. It's too much. Yeah. There, there's a lot of corniness. There's some good, I mean, there's some, there was some good lines, but in general, it was just, well, you know, there are multiple corny characters because even though Tony's kind of cool, he's also corny. They're all dorks. Yeah. (laughs) In some, in some way, shape or form, they're all dorky. And so I think the, probably the big thing with this show for me as is often the case was just kind of like nostalgia mm-hmm. you know i just kind of wanted to see it again and because i remember that i i like the show and we we would watch it like every week it would be hard to watch because the corny factor and there's just like i don't know this set you said eight seasons. Mm-hmm. God, that feels like a long time to do the, you know, will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I realize there are other shows, Cheers, you know, plenty of other shows mm-hmm. where the that scenario went on for many years. But to, you know, kind of like keep that pace and just will they, won't they, will they, won't they, and continue watching every episode, every episode with the corniness factor, mm-hmm. that would make it really tough. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't think Tony and Angela get together until literally the last season. Right. I think it is very late in, and, in the series. And from what I understand, they only did that in order to... Um, they only, like, they renewed the final season with the intent of getting Tony and Angela together to try and boost ratings... And when they found that it really did not do that, that's when they decided this is the last season. So even the coupling of Tony and Angela couldn't save the show. Well, so we, we've mentioned the corniness factor and we've already, you know, you said 92 and I was like, really 92? Things had evolved so much. Like, this would be hard to swallow mm-hmm. even in 92. I could see yeah. the ratings dropping as they got into those later seasons because people weren't really looking for shows quite like this. It, it, yeah. Shows had evolved enough that this would yeah. this was corny. Well, not only that, but, like, I'm sure at first it, the show was endearing because the kids were cute. And not that the kids weren't cute, as they got older, but they got older. Like there were no new kids. There was there was no new. Jonathan cuteness. just became an older dork. Right. You know, Samantha, she still sort of tomboy, 
but lost some of that and she was you know she became on attractive every, every you, know. you know males you know bedroom yeah. wall poster so she probably if anything she was probably the reason that a lot of people were still hanging on and watching that show right but yeah yeah jonathan did not evolve into something <laughs> cool <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so is, is, that, is that all we have for? Yes. Okay, cool. So um, so uh, we usually will we'll pick and tease the next episode we're going to watch. Um, we usually kind of uh, share that on our social media. So if it's something you want to watch with us or you know watch ahead of time so when we discuss it you'll have an idea of what we're talking about uh it, it's it'll be my my turn to pick i don't know what i'm gonna pick yet which i normally do but i haven't really given it much thought recently so i'll have to think on that and then uh once i know it'll get posted to our social media which um we are on facebook twitter and instagram just search for at pilot season TV. You can find our, uh, all our episodes at our website, pilot season TV.com. And you can also find us on, uh, Apple podcasts, Stitcher and Google play. And we're always looking for suggestions for new episodes to watch, which you can hit us up on any one of our social media platforms or you can email us directly at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. So that is all we have for this episode. This has been episode 36 of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.